In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We come to this uh, gospel text in uh, the season of Pascha, and the theme is light, the light of Christ, illumines all. We're asked the same question that he asked the blind man whom he healed, do you believe in the Son of God? And we're to answer, Lord, I believe. And we are to respond as he responded in worship. So when we review the text, there are many lessons for us today. And I pray some will be helpful to you as they have been for me. The first is uh, at the beginning of the account of the blind man made well. It says, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but the works of, of God might be made manifest in him. So the first lesson we have is that upon occasion, the struggles, the illnesses, the sicknesses we have may be because we have sinned. It may be just because God wants to glorify, be glorified in healing us, but it may be that we have actually sinned. And my assumption in my own life is that that's why I get sick. <laughs> I don't want to assume the other. I'd rather assume that afflictions and difficulties come upon me because I need to repent. I need to be purified. I need to be more sincere in my service to God. What a powerful way to look at illness. Think about that. Rather than bemoan it and say, I can't wait to get over this illness. I'm so sick. I feel so bad. Well, maybe you do. But why not repent? Why not do a self-examination? Look inside. Is there somebody in my life that I have offended? I need to to correct that offense? Is there some difficulty in my life, some, some sin I need to be purified of? Have I been sincere in my service to God? You know, the Lord says He chastises those He loves. And sometimes He chastises through difficulties, through illnesses. So what a great opportunity. When you are sick, when you come into a difficult time in your life, what's one option you have? Tell me. Repent. Repent. What an opportunity. What a great opportunity. Rather than bemoan our illnesses and our difficulties, repent. And, and sometimes in that we discover something very precious. We discover maybe a little pebble in our life, a little rock in our life that can be corrected and we can push it away. What a joy that is. What an opportunity we have. So not to bemoan difficulties, not to bemoan illnesses. God doesn't want us to live that way as Christian people. He wants us to see His opportunities. Opportunities to gain ourselves, gain spiritual ground. So first, may that be our lot if we come upon these difficulties of life. And then He says to the blind man, as He comes to him, He makes takes the ground and made clay of spittle and annoyed the man's eyes with the clay and said, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, 
which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So we see here this indication of God using physical things to manifest spiritual graces. What, what, and this is very important to us as Christian people to understand that God uses physical stuff to manifest spiritual graces. Here he even uses his own spit and clay to manifest and water to heal someone. And so when you come into an Orthodox church, I ask you this question. Are there physical things here that manifest spiritual graces? Anywhere do you see anything around here that manifests a spiritual grace? Anywhere? Even standing before you? Only due to his vestments. The, the church, what a joy this is. That God, even here, shows us this, this opportunity to, to look through the physical to see the spiritual. We look through bread and wine and we see the body and blood of Christ. We look through the icon of Christ and we see the, His presence with us. We look through the icon of the saints and see the presence of the saints. We look through the cross and see the very power of the cross. You know, we make this simple cross all through the service. We do not realize how, many, how powerful this sign is. It's the destruction of demons. It's the overcoming of sin. It's the path to resurrection. It's the overcoming of anxiety. You have a little bit of anxiety once in a while? Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on you. Every word begins to comfort you. Every cross begins to bring the power of His love to you. So manifest, beloved, the spiritual graces bestowed upon us through the physical things. So we thank God for this example. And then He goes he encounters the Pharisees, the poor Pharisees. <laughs> they don't get a very good billing in the Scriptures. And some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God. For he, does, for, he, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. And so we see this, this, this kind of... Uh, this juxtaposition between doing the right thing and doing the good thing. You know, the Lord had that example several times in His ministry. Remember when He caught the woman in adultery and the right thing to do, the law said to do what? Stoner. And He said, who is about sin cast the first stone? He did the good thing. The right thing, the correct thing, the lawful thing to do was to stone her. The good thing to do was to forgive her. And here comes another side. Here's a man who needs to be healed. We're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. The Lord says, I'm going to do the good thing here. I'm going to heal. And so we see this for us in life that we are called many times to do the good thing 
maybe not what we would say is the right thing. You know, when somebody uh, uh, comes against us, somebody uh, hurts us, you know, the maybe we would think the right thing to do would be to hurt them back or to do something back toward them. Maybe the, 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 the good thing is preferable to forgive. To forgive. You know, I, 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 had, I was talking to somebody one time and they, there was an issue of that they needed to go to court possibly to overcome and to deal with a problem that they had. And I said, you know, you're going to have to count the cost of what it's going to take to do what you think is right here. Because it may be a pretty heavy cost. Because sometimes doing that right thing is very emotionally draining, very difficult to do. And maybe the, the better choice would be just to forgive. Just to forgive it. You know, because that sometimes that holding on to, to that thing that you know is right, that you know is the, the correct path, and you, and this is the just, this is justice, this is fair, and you keep pursuing that, sometimes that causes more problems than just forgiving. Just letting it go. Have you ever had things like that that you've held on to maybe a little longer than you should have? And that if you just let them go, just forgiven, it may have, caught, it may have saved you a great deal of emotion. The problem we have is we've got to overcome that being right. I'm right. And I have to fight for what is right. I have to do what is fair. I'm not saying not to do that, but if you go that direction, you have to count the cost. And sometimes it's too, it's too difficult to go that direction spiritually or emotionally. And so count the cost. Sometimes, beloved, it's best if we, if we do the good thing. Do the good thing, as Christ did on the Sabbath. And then he comes to the Jews and they did not believe, it says, that the blind man had received his sight until they called his parents for the blind man. So the Jews, in this instance, when they began to look at Christ as Savior, as Prophet, as Messiah, their hearts were hardened because they had judged him as not of God. They, 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 had, they put a judgment on him and it wasn't of God. You know, we had a uh, beautiful opportunity with Elder Pablos uh, the other day at uh, UCSB. And he's such a tremendous person, really a joyous, pious, humble man. Uh, and he was talking about asceticism and how difficult uh, it would be for us to try to achieve the ascetic practices of monks. But he says, there's one thing you can do. There's one thing you can do, in fact, that everybody can do, and he says it's easy. Judge no one. Judge no one. Do you have a little work to do in that area? 
Raise your hand if you have a little work to do in the area of not judging anybody. Ooh, everybody's got a little problem with that. You know, it was so sweet because he, he wouldn't back off. He says, well, if the problem is really bad, then you have to judge. No, judge no one. Just don't let it go there. Don't let, your, don't let your heart leap to judgment. He said, it was very beautiful, he said, you can identify that the person does a wrong. Like if you see somebody taking something, you can say he stole. God have mercy. But he said, don't call him a thief. Don't, identify, don't judge the person. You can identify the wrong, but don't judge the person was such a powerful place to go that you can see that in people. And when you judge the wrong, pray. Become a, be, pray for the person that judged the wrong. But we don't know the intention. You know, the man that steals the loaf of bread because his family is starving. He's not a thief. He's not a thief. And we would judge him that way. So we judge no one. Don't jump to judgment like the Pharisees did to the Lord. It blinded them so greatly they couldn't even see the Savior of of the world. So we have to understand that that judgment can become an issue to us. So may God help us not judge others and that we should pray for others, not judge them. And then he says, the the blind man says, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that I was blind and now I see. That beautiful thanksgiving, that, that leaping to thankfulness, that, that, that being able to always in your heart thank God. And we have to learn, beloved, to thank God for all things. And that was another uh, exhortation from the elder, was that's another thing we can learn to do, is be thankful for everything. Thankful for that what is good. Thankful for the struggles that we have. Thankful for the difficulties of life. Thankful thankful for the things that are there that help us unto salvation. And you know what those things are? You know how many things in your life are for your salvation? Everything. There's not one thing in your life right now that's going on that's not for your salvation. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. That's how we live as Christian people. There's a couple of things in your life you want to deal with and get rid of, maybe. But it's unto your good. It's unto your salvation. We cannot, we cannot be faithful or trust God if we're deciding what's good and bad in our life. What we have to do is address each of those things as something God has given to me for my good, for my salvation. Thanks be to God. Let's say that. Thanks be to God. Now that's not easy to do sometimes because those situations are difficult. But if we're looking at what's, what, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me here? What virtues am I lacking that I'm not dealing with this very well? Lord, help us. Lord, give me the grace to deal with all things you give me unto my salvation and for my good. So, let us be thankful. And then we come to the last part, uh, the beautiful part, where he uh, exits the, 
the Jewish community. Uh, and he says, We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. This man were not from God. He could do nothing. And so we come to this moment where again he asks, Do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered, Who is he, sir? That I believe in him. And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it's he who speaks to you. Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. So we come to this moment in our week where we become before our Lord with a thankful heart, with a heart ready to acknowledge Him as our Lord, God, and Savior. And we come before Him and ask His blessings and mercy. And as the blind man was so grateful for the things that he had done, may we, too, be grateful and full of those things in our life that uh, help us and draw us near and near to God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.